Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Well, hello everyone and welcome to a new edition of COS Live. We are so glad you are here watching this evening. And we love to know who is watching and where you're from. So take a minute, if you would, and drop us a comment. Let us know where you're tuning in from. We have a great show for you tonight. Our special guest is none other than Convention of States Action President and Co-Founder Mark Meckler. Now, many people were disappointed or confused by the election results, but I'll tell you, there is a lot of good news today for the COS movement. Mark and I will give you a full report on that. We also have a brand new edition of COS Now to keep you up to date on Convention of States, what's happening around the country. But first, let's go ahead and go right to Mike for our Article 5 trivia giveaway. Mike? Thank you, Rita and Mark. You know, in this week of Thanksgiving, I'm so grateful to of course, you, Rita, and Mark, and we know Andrew is on his honeymoon, and we're wishing the absolute best for Andrew and Disa and a long, beautiful life together. But I'm so grateful to you, our grassroots activists. I'm thankful for all you have done, all you're doing, all you'll continue to do to save this nation. You are great patriots, and I'm so glad to be among you. Now it's time for a little trivia giveaway. I'm going to give away this Defiant, American Defiant t-shirt. I happen to, it happens to be one of my favorite shirts. If you don't win this shirt, of course, you can go to shopcos.com. You can go to the Convention of States store and our Good Friday deal is 25% off everything in the store. So please feel free to go there and shop, even if you do win the shirt. And of course, if not, get one, we'll get you one in your size and away we'll go. All right, so let's get started on our trivia question. What a great question for today. And the question is, who was the first president to declare a day for Thanksgiving? And I'll give you a little hint. This may give it away. He also spoke in favor of the Article 5 process in his farewell address. I'll be back at the end of the show. Thank you, Rita and Mark. Take it away. Can't hear what you guys have to say. Thanks, Mike. And now the moment has come when we get to welcome Mark Meckler, who is the president and co-founder of Convention of States Action. Now, before we get to the interview, I wanted to invite you, Mark, to fill in for my co-host, Andrew, who, as you know, is taking some much-deserved time off after his recent wedding. So we have a new segment we've played in recent weeks called COS Now. It's a montage of some of the latest news from Convention of States, the movement, what our grassroots are doing around the country, what's happening, and then we react to it all, or at least part of it. So let's go ahead and play the latest edition of COS Now, Producer G. 
While most eyes were fixed on the battle for Congress and key gubernatorial races, we at Convention of States were focused on thousands of state legislative districts across the country. And while we certainly saw some disappointments in terms of the bigger picture with Michigan and Minnesota turning blue, there is plenty for us to celebrate. In North Carolina, our team participated in 31 races, 19 in the House, 12 in the Senate, and their performance was incredible. Pro-COS candidates won in 22 of those 31 races. These wins included picking up one Senate seat and four House seats for the GOP, and our efforts helped secure a supermajority for Republicans in the Senate. In Ohio, our team helped COS supportive candidates pick off an opposed incumbent in each chamber. In Kentucky, we were involved in 17 races, winning 16 of them and unseating five incumbents. In South Carolina, we advocated for candidates in 39 races and won 27 of those races. In West Virginia, three of our four candidates won their races. In Iowa, we helped three COS supportive senators hold their seats and picked up one House seat for a former COS strategist. In Minnesota, our Get Out the Vote calls helped pick up open seats for two COS supportive candidates in the House. In Michigan, we helped one of our strongest legislative supporters hold his seat in the Senate. And in Hawaii, two of the three Senate candidates that we supported won their races. Several COS volunteers were also elected to office. Evie Brennan, district captain for COS Wyoming, was elected to the Wyoming Senate. Alan Chesner, former legislative liaison for COS North Carolina, won his bid to the North Carolina House of Representatives. Jay Taylor, former legislative liaison for COS West Virginia, won his bid to the West Virginia Senate. Adam Turk, once a district captain for the COS Kansas team, won a seat to the Kansas House. These victories set us up well for momentum in 2023. It's also worth noting that several prominent endorsers of Convention of States won re-election in their races, Congressman Chip Roy and Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, Congressman Jeff Duncan, William Timmons, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina, Congressman Tracy Mann of Kansas, Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, and Senator Marco Rubio and Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Again, all of these winners have officially expressed their support for COS, and you can learn more at conventionstates.com forward slash endorsements. Elsewhere, the COS Maryland team reported the collection of more than 200 petitions at a series of recent events, and the Virginia team has already pre-filed the Convention State's Article 5 application and is adding legislative co-sponsors. The chief sponsor of the bill is Delegate Karen Greenhall, who was a volunteer with the Virginia team. The COS application has been passed in 19 states so far, with 15 more needed to trigger an Article 5 convention, which would be empowered to propose constitutional reforms on three topics, term limits on Congress and unelected federal officials, fiscal restraints, and other limits on the size and scope of the federal government. Meanwhile, the Hawaii team kept COS President Mark Meckler busy at a recent tour of the island state. He held meetings with state legislators and spoke at a series of town halls. Right, the average constitution lasts for 17 years. We're pushing 250 years with our constitution, and I would argue because of this idea of federalism, this kind of loose federation of people that don't force everybody to do one thing. And the only way that you get back to federalism in the United States of America, the only way, the one way, there is no other way, is to hold a convention. The Hawaii team has added several legislative co-sponsors on both sides of the aisle. Meanwhile, the Pennsylvania team shared some video from a recent event at the Pennsylvania Capitol where volunteers showed up and Santorum met with several legislators. He had this advice for citizens looking to make an impact with their legislator. There's a FAQ section, frequently asked questions section of the website. Just, just get that info, just be persistent. Just get it out there, send it to your member of the legislature, the Senate, you know, send it to Senator such and such and say, hey, by the way, you know, I heard you're concerned about this. Here's some information. Just con and show up at the town hall meeting. You, ne you, ne you, never, you don't win uh, this in one great land battle. I mean, it's, it's a bunch of skirmishes. 
And so uh, this was another skirmish, and I think we came out very, very well today. Thank you for coming. And on Sunday night's battle cry, CUS President Mark Meckler revealed that he went pheasant hunting with his son Jacob and Fox News host Tucker Carlson. Carlson has consistently had the number one weeknight cable news program over the past several months. And now you're up to date with Convention of States. Okay, so Mark, we're going to get to the election stuff in just a few minutes when I when I do your interview, but I want to get your reaction to a couple of the other things we saw in that video first. First of all, I don't know how you managed to find a patriotic Hawaiian shirt, but it looked <laughs> that what you were wearing. I mean, I don't know where you get that stuff, but I want you to tell our viewers why you spend your time and energy going to a state like Hawaii. I know that, you know, they might be thinking, of course he wants to go to Hawaii so he can be on the beach and, you know, <laughs> do all the fun Hawaii tourist stuff. I know that that is not what you are doing, but Hawaii is such a deep blue state. Why do you spend your time and energy going there? Well, first I have to say the shirt comes from the Hawaii team. So I had nothing to do with that. I really appreciate them. Actually, both the Hawaiian shirts you saw me in those photos were gifts from the Hawaii team. One was from the last visit. And then that really patriotic one was from this visit. So I don't know how they do it, but it's very cool. I love those shirts. Uh, look, for me, the reason I go to Hawaii, there's, there's two big reasons. One is we're not going to forsake any state. And there's no such state thing as a state that's out of reach for a convention of states. There's no such thing as a state that doesn't need a good self-governing grassroots army. So we're going to go everywhere that our teams are building that army. And I have to say, if you look at Hawaii and what they're doing and what kind of a family they built and the time and energy they put in the legislature, I'm going to go there any chance I get because they deserve the support that they get. They've done something really extraordinary. You know, I know we don't have a lot of Democratic sponsors all over the country, but we do in Hawaii. And our lead sponsor in the Senate and our lead sponsor in the House, both Democrats. So they're doing stuff that other people find very difficult to do. I'm really proud of them. And anytime I get to go there, I'm going to go. By the way, Rita, I tried. I did set aside two hours to go to the beach and then I never made it. <laughs> Yeah, I I totally foresaw that one. Um, okay, so talk to us about Tucker Carlson. What's what's going on with that? What can you tell us? Yeah, so uh, every year I do a pheasant hunting trip and a salmon fishing trip. These were put together by a philanthropist who was a mutual friend of Tucker's and mine. And I help run a foundation that continues these trips going. Uh, his name was Foster Fries, and Foster passed away a couple of years ago and endowed these trips. So uh, every now and then, Tucker comes along on these trips. We had the privilege of having him on this trip. By the way, I just got to say, he's one of the most genuine guys you'll ever meet. What you see on TV is what you get in person. He's genial. He's kind. He's fun and engaging. So that was great. But I think the most important thing is I wanted to get him on board with the Convention of States. And I've been trying from a distance literally for years. And other people have tried. And so a couple days into the trip, uh, I cornered him. I said, look, I need to get you in a headlock about convention estates. He said, yeah, you'll be number 40 or something like that. And I sat him down. I had Rick Santorum there as well. Uh, Rick Green was with us and uh, a couple of other guys. Andrew Bremberg, who's a former ambassador to the UN under Trump was there. And all of them talked to Tucker. And literally after about 15 minutes, he said, okay, I'm all in. And so the cool part is he invited me to come down and do Tucker Carlson today. So uh, I'm going back and forth with his, with his producer right now. 
I think our COS family would be happy to know. We'll have a full hour show talking about Convention of States with Tucker Carlson here. It'll be in the bag in the next few weeks. Wow, that's breaking news. You guys heard it first right here on COS Live. Well, Mark, I want to go ahead and move into the interview. You know, the main reason we wanted to have you on the program, we always love having you whenever we can get you, but we want to talk to you about the election results. So first, just give us your overall reaction to the elections. Yeah, I mean, so first of all, I just want you to notice that I did dress up for you today for the interview, right? Because <laughs> this is my political... It's my political commentator outfit. You said I had to wear a jacket, so I, I got the jacket yeah, on. Yeah, come on. Just don't wear that when you go with me to a legislature, please. We've, had uh, we've done it in a t-shirt before, so the Carhartt jacket might be an upscale. Uh, yeah, look, I have a different perspective on the elections than probably a lot of people have. I want to say first, like everybody, I was kind of blown away that it wasn't a red wave. That's what I expected. I had a lot of reasons to expect it. The polling was one reason. Part of it was just being out in the field, knowing what Americans think and feel. Uh, but so it was a little bit, you know, kind of it rocked my world on Tuesday night and into Wednesday. And then I sat back and, and this is kind of my overall theme for the elections. Are we better off today than we were the day before the elections? As a country, as a people, as people who believe in limited government and constitutionalism, and the answer is unequivocally yes. And what I mean by that is there is a Congress in place now, a majority of Republicans that honestly believe more in limited government than the Democrats do. And I think that's really important. And I think they have the opportunity. I'm not saying they'll do it. I don't have faith in Republicans, but they have the opportunity to stop some stuff that I otherwise really wouldn't have liked. So are we better off today than we were yesterday? The answer is yes. Is it what I would like it to be? Generally speaking, the answer is no, until you drill down into the state legislatures. And then as we saw in the results in that report, we've got some incredible stuff going on in the state legislatures. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because this is COS Live and because COS is closest to our hearts, Mark, I do want to focus on COS specifically and our involvement in the election cycle you know, every year we have grown as a grassroots organization, our capacity to be involved in elections and really make a difference. We have positioned ourselves to be victorious with the COS resolution, and we've done that through hard work of our grassroots armies. You know, we have our, our, our grassroots have made tens of thousands upon thousands of phone calls. And these aren't robocalls. These are individual, actual people calling another person to urge them to get out and vote or to urge them to vote for the candidate specifically who supports Convention of States. Our people go and knock on doors, you know, and hand out literature and actually talk to other people face to face on a national scale. Our team has paid for radio ads for COS supportive candidates. We do digital advertising. Our, our reach has grown and our impact has grown significantly. Why is it so important that we have expanded our ability in this area and now we're able to deploy these multi-pronged strategies in any given state? You know, one of the things we talk about a lot is the idea of acting, learning, and adjusting. 
And one of the things that we did over the years is we went in, we built grassroots, we lobbied in the legislature, we were at town halls, and that was action. And then we learned along the way that sometimes that's not enough to make people support us. And they're not afraid of us at the ballot box or they don't feel our support at the ballot box. And so they're really not that interested in us. And so we realized from acting and then learning that to the extent we legally can in any given state, and that's always limited by what the state laws are, to the extent we can, we had to be involved in the political process. We had to be campaigning for people. We had to be involved in, as you said, independent advocacy and advertising and things like that, door knocking, calling. And what you get out of that is political muscle. You go back into the legislature and the legislators know what you've done for them or you've removed some people who are opposition and you have legislators that have the appropriate fearful respect of the organization and you get a lot more done. And then I would add anybody and everybody that we're getting elected are constitutional conservatives. These are people who stand for what we believe in, not just as far as convention of states, but many other issues as well. So I think what you're going to see out of convention of states on a go forward basis is a lot more of the same. Two years from now, I expect to increase our involvement tenfold. I hope we do that, too. Now, this year, we made some major progress in key target states where we think we're on the cusp of victory in passing the COS resolution. And, you know, just to name a couple of those, we helped the Senate in North Carolina win a supermajority. You know, our presence in North Carolina was amazing. 22 victories that our grassroots team in North Carolina helped secure for COS supportive candidates. Um, we unseated incumbents who were opposed to us in Ohio, Iowa, you know, so many states where our involvement made a difference and we helped get new people elected and unseat incumbents. What do our victories in those states mean and what does our activism say to legislators? I mean, the activism says that you better respect us because we can remove you if we need to remove you. And so you're going to have to pay attention to what our people are asking you to do. It also means that we're making friends because we're helping to elect people. We're helping to keep people in office. Legislators appreciate that. They should. This is how the political process works. And so we have more and more staunch allies in the legislatures. In North Carolina, look, the Senate's been trouble for us. It's been difficult. They were past the House, but we're held up in the Senate. In the Senate, we helped them. They now have a one-seat supermajority. And, you know, during the election, post just post-election, we got a text from our lobbyists there saying all the legislators know how much we helped, and they really appreciate it. And I've heard that personally on the ground there. Uh, in Iowa, we have stronger majorities. A bunch of pro-COS people were elected to the legislature in Iowa. I think Iowa's absolutely on the table for this year. In Ohio now, they have stronger super majorities in both houses of the legislature. We just heard one of our great allies was just elected Speaker of the House in Ohio. So I think in these states that, that you're hearing all this activity in, our position is much better, much stronger, and we're much more likely to pass the COS resolution. That's what it's about for us. Now, our highest hopes were not achieved. And of course, I'm talking about Michigan and Minnesota being totally blue legislatures now. Um, so that was a disappointment. What's your reaction to that, Mark, and how will it affect the future of our movement? I mean, well, of course, I'm not happy about those losses. And I'm a little bit surprised, especially in regard to Minnesota, 
I hope we would do better. We needed to flip one house to turn that into a red state, and instead it became a blue state. But it doesn't affect my resolve at all. We're going to continue to fight in those states. We're going to continue to build the grassroots in those states. And we're going to continue to take the lessons from our victories. We're going to apply them in those states. That just means we're going to double down and battle harder. So I do get frustrated like anybody else. Yeah, you know, I was talking to somebody about this this morning. They asked, do you ever get down? Because I make these videos. I don't generally sound down. My answer is, of course I do. I get frustrated. I get down. But the question is, how long does that last? And for me, I like to describe it as I don't have the luxury of being down or frustrated for very long because we need to make a plan and we need to move forward. And that's what we're going to do in those states. And so I don't consider either Michigan or Minnesota lost. I mean, we got knocked back a little bit in those. We gained in others, but we're going to take those states back. Well, Mark, my favorite thing to report about this election is the number of COS volunteers who got elected to office. It's so exciting. I'm talking about Alan Chesser, who is a former state leader in North Carolina. He won his bid to the North Carolina House. Jay Taylor, our former legislative liaison for West Virginia, won his bid to the West Virginia Senate. Adam Turk, he was once a district captain for the COS Kansas team, and he won a seat to the Kansas House. Bill Gustaf, our former Iowa strategist, won a seat in the Iowa House by unseating an opposed legislator. And then there's Evie Brennan. She is now in the Wyoming Senate. She used to be a district captain for us. It is so exciting to me to see that. What does it mean to you, Mark, as the leader of the movement to see all these COS volunteers run for office and then actually get elected? Yeah, look, that's actually the pinnacle of our success, in my opinion. There have been a lot more before them, and there's going to be a lot more to come. But here's what happens. People get involved in COS because they care about their country. They learn how to lobby. They learn how the legislative process works. And then they think, well, I might be able to do that myself. You know, Evie was there when we lost our last vote and Rick Santorum was there in the legislature with her. And she said, well, what do we do now? And Rick said, well, you run for office. That's what you do. And she's a mom. She's got little kids at home. And she just decided, all right, well, if Rick says I got to run, then I got to run. And it's just an incredible success story because now she's going to be sworn in as a senator there. These are incredible success stories of COS activists rising up through the ranks. My goal is that we see literally hundreds of them by the time of the next cycle. So if you're watching this and you're thinking, hey, maybe I could run for office, my answer is yes, you can. Start building your network. If you're not already in, join the Lions Club or the Rotary or Kiwanis or Seroptimus or something like that. Join Toastmasters, learn how to speak publicly become an elder in your church, join the PTA, build out your network and start getting ready to run for office right now. Don't wait until 2024. Hmm. Now, Mark, on the other hand, a lot of viewers might be thinking, did my vote even count? Why did the results end up the way they did when we see what's going on in this country? What is your message to the people who are feeling discouraged? Where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, look, one, I want to say, yeah, your vote counts, but I want to be really clear. Does it mean there was no fraud? You know, I hear a lot of the fraud talk, less this election. I think there's always fraud in an election of this size. I'm not seeing anything that it cost us elections. Uh, So we should continue to push for transparency and accountability and ballots and elections and getting the count done right away. But look, if you're frustrated, then do something about it. 
Frustration is not a cause to quit. It should be a motivation to action. To those who say that we shouldn't fight, you know, Sam Adams said, you know, go from us and, and let posterity not remember that you were our countrymen. And that's what I say. Like, if you're too frustrated to fight and you're going to give up, I don't really want to hear about that, to be honest with you. I don't have a lot of tolerance for that. I'll tell you what Rick Santorum says to me and says to our grassroots all the time. Whatever we're doing, it's not enough. If we lost, it's because we didn't do enough. I can tell you that Democrats dramatically outraised financially Republicans all across the country. We have to get better at small dollar fundraising as Republicans. We have to, as an organization, I'm telling you, we need way more resources. So give your resources, give your time, be a volunteer, run for office, whatever you've done. I know you're busy. I know how hard it is, but we all have to step up and do more. And personally, I'm excited to be alive. I'm excited to be doing more right now. Everything you do makes a difference in whether or not we save the country. What a great time to be alive. Mark, you often remind me that our job is to be obedient and to leave the results to God. You never fail to encourage and inspire. Mark, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And now let's go back to Mike Ruthenberg for that Article 5 trivia answer. Thank you, Rita. It's so exciting to hear all that our activists have done to have influence over an amazing number of elections and all of the impact this will have for our moving forward with Convention of States. And I now have the answer to our trivia question. If you remember from the beginning, our question was, who was the first president to declare a day for Thanksgiving? And remember, he spoke in favor of Article 5 in his farewell address. Well, our answer is, although Abraham Lincoln later made Thanksgiving an official holiday, President George Washington was the first president to declare a day of Thanksgiving. Following a resolution of Congress, President George Washington proclaimed Thursday, the 26th of November, 1789, a day of public Thanksgiving and prayer devoted to the service of the great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of the good that was, that is, or that will be. Washington was also an advocate for the use of Article 5. In his farewell address, he wrote, let there be no change by usurpation. For through this, in one instance, may be the instrument of good. It is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. If in the opinion of the people, the distribution or modification of the constitutional powers be in any particular wrong, let it be corrected by an amendment in the way which the constitution designates. And that is our answer. And if you're not the one that won this great t-shirt, please go to shopconventionofstates.com. Our Black Friday sale is 25% off anything you would like from the store. So remember, go get yourself something, but also don't forget to get your Patriot friends something as well for the holidays. It's a great time to shop, shopconventionofstates.com. Back to you, Rita. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Mike. We do this show every week to reach, teach, and activate Americans with the constitutional empowerment gifted to we the people. If you're ready to take your place among the Americans 
who are doing whatever it takes to restore the Republic, sign up for one of the volunteer roles with COS. Go to conventionofstates.com and click on the Take Action tab to get started. While you're at it, don't forget to follow us on Rumble, MeWe, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Truth Social, and Instagram. You can listen to this program and other historic legacy content on our podcast. Go to conventionofstates.com forward slash pod to learn more. Also, text START to 54555 to receive important news and action alerts from COS. Tune into That'll Cry with COS President Mark Meckler Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of COS Live. We have a country to save, so let's get to work. This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.